You're listening to Give and Go Vikes with Liam and Tyler, supported by the UVic Alumni Association. Give and Go Vikes podcast, the pod where we cover the world of bike sports inside Ring Road, outside Ring Road, and sometimes on Ring Road, depending on the training that day. Today on the show, it is our pleasure to host two women from the Vikes cross country and track team, Chloe Hewitt and Georgia Ginther. Chloe and Georgia have a knack for going fast and have represented the Vikes at Canada West and Esports Championships. We're pleased to welcome them as our first guests from the women's side of the cross country and track team. We're going to jump into our interview here with Georgia and Chloe, but before we do, Tyler, I want to uh, hear from you about some, some things that you have going on Kamloops right now. What is there to do in these tough times in Kamloops? Tough times? Kamloops is, we're hanging in there. We're a blue collar, we're a scrappy bunch of underdogs here. We're making our way. Definitely a lot of time uh, to get outdoors. It's been a beautiful summer July, half of July and August, and now into September have just been marvelous. Lots of time to get outside and, hey, maybe do some running. Heard some great tips from a couple of runners here today. I have heard that you want to get into some running with the marathon on the horizon, possibly, which we'll be talking about later on in this episode. I'm happy you said scrappy because these yeah. two competitors, they seem like there's some pretty scrappy competitors when it comes to race day. They dig in those long spikes in the mud and they go, yeah, I loved hearing about both of their personalities and how they just refuse to lose. Chloe said she just has this extra gear. She told a story about competing at U Sports a while back and how she passed like 50 people in the last, I don't know, kilometer or something. And that's right up my alley. I'm not the best athlete, never was, never will be, but I always... I don't know about you, Liam. Like, I finish a race, a drill, a circuit. I have a saying in my head, which I'm not allowed to repeat on this podcast, but I have that same highest gear in me that pushed me across the finish line. And I love hearing that like pumps me up to hear that about Chloe and Georgia. I mean, competing with food poisoning, that's terrible. I don't know how she was able to pull that off. I'm not that tough. Yeah. You know, the crazy thing about Georgia pushing past 50 people at the end is everybody I imagine, or sorry, Chloe, everybody I imagine who's, at that like elite varsity athlete cross country level wants to also gas it in that. Yeah. But the fact that she can gas it and gas past everybody that is also gassing it is pretty insane. Those are the best runners in the country and she's just whizzing by them. Yeah. That's a pretty cool quality to have as a runner. Yeah. Uh, so let's uh, tell me what's in store for this episode, Tyler, give the listeners a little uh, preview. Great podcast with these two girls. First time I've ever heard of a, a vine in the past, I don't know what, eight years. Great to talk about some vines. It's unfortunate that they never acted any out for us, but maybe we'll have to check them out on TikTok for that. Is TikTok the new replacement for vine? Is that how, or is it gifts? Like, is that just the transition from there? Is that how that worked? I think TikTok is kind of like an elevated vine where it's more rehearsed, but I've, I've seen it used in both ways. One thing that did catch me by surprise is they go on an insane amount of, they rack up so many kilometers running in a month. They said they average 70 kilometers a week. That is incredible. But what blew my mind was they don't listen to music and they don't listen to podcasts while they do this. So they're just out there running on their own, listening to traffic, listening to the sounds of the city. That is incredible to me. Do I run with headphones? Oh yeah. Yeah. 
I don't think I could run without headphones, but I think the reason they do that is because when it comes to race day, they're not listening to music anyways. They got to like know how they like to train the same way that they run their races. It's probably why they're elite athletes and we're not. They're just one step ahead. Fortunate for us, we're not quite there. But if you stick around and listen through the entire episode of the show, we are going to talk a little bit about our successes with running recently. We're going to jump straight to this episode. It's a great one. Thank you to these ladies for hopping on. They're our first guests from the women's side of the cross-country and track team. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Chloe and Georgia, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Yeah. Doing great. Before we host these student-athletes on the show, we like to do a little bit of background research on them. Often we check out their social media, we check in with their team and individual pages on GoVikesGo.com. If anyone heads over to our site and checks out the women's cross-country and track page, you'll see that all the girls are mean-mugging the camera in the group shot. <laughs> so we like, whose idea was this to just look so tough on camera? So every year we just do our normal smiling picture and then we do a funny one and that was kind of our goofy photo, not thinking that that would be posted on the roster. <laughs> um, I don't know whose idea it actually was. I think because we were such a small team, we were trying to like make up for lack of people and trying to look more intense than we actually are. But yeah, did not expect that to go up <laughs> everywhere. I think we we're also mocking the guys because they never smile for their pictures. So we're like, oh, we're going to try this out. See how it looks. All you guys are mean mugging, but there's like one of your teammates, I don't know her name, <laughs> but she's like trying so hard, but she's smiling on the side. It's hilarious. It just so happens that you know someone in this group chat that can swap out that team photo. And I put that one up because I thought that's, you know, I see athletes all the time with this straight face. I just, I didn't know that was like your goofy photo. I can put the one up. <laughs> I, can, I can put a different one up. No, it looks kind of cool. I like it. Nah, we like it. <laughs> nice we like change. it. I didn't know that yeah. that was under your job, Tyler. I didn't know that you had the, the power in there. Yep. If any other team or individual athlete has an issue with their photo, I'm the one I, that hears about the complaints and I'm happy to fix it because I want to make you guys look the best. <laughs> I'm glad that you guys like the tough persona you're putting out there. Very tough runners we have. <laughs> but despite how mean you guys look in that photo, we heard that the two of you are the closest knit on a very tight knit group of women's runners. <laughs> what makes this group so close knit and can you share Something about uh, the other person in this group said that most people would be surprised to learn about them. Oh, gosh. I would say we're super tight-knit just because we are such a small team. Like, we always start off with quite a few runners, and then as training goes and the season gets a little bit more intense, we always lose a few to injury or illness or something like that. And so last year there was only five of us, so we became so close and just like a little group of best friends. And it was just super nice to have that tight knit group. But yeah, I just say we're all super, super weird in our own way. <laughs> like, I feel like we just like feed off each other's energy so much. And we're just like the craziest little group of five sometimes. And our coaches <laughs> definitely get annoyed. The boys definitely get annoyed, but um, <laughs> we're okay with that. So if there's only five of you on the team, how many of the five were living together in the same dorm or house that year? Uh, there's actually just two of us, myself and Andy, girl who just graduated. Yeah, it used to be like I lived in a house of three other girls on the team. And so I think there was one point there were, yeah, quite a few of us on the team that were living together. But 
Yeah, and they're pretty spread out actually this year in terms of living so situation. Chloe, what's a fun fact about Georgia that nobody would really know unless you're like really tight knit with her? Oh, <laughs> I think I myself and her um, together we can probably like recite uh, about seventy five percent of the vines out there. <laughs> <laughs> we we know a lot, <laughs> probably more than we know about our studies. It's kind of bad, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's just what clogs our brain. <laughs> what do you mean recite a vine? Because I thought a vine was like an eight-second clip on a loop. Like, how do you recite a vine? <laughs> oh, we can just quote it word for word. <laughs> can you give us um, your top three right now? Oh, oh gosh, that's tough, man. Are vines even still around? I thought vines got <laughs> shut no, down a couple of years not. ago. They're yeah, didn't they get shut anymore. down like years and yeah. years ago? Like, not last year. <laughs> No. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I feel like we can just do it on demand. Like we'll literally see something that just reminds <laughs> us, us, reminds us of any vine, and it just pops into everyone's head. Like it's just like yeah. we all just think in vine or like think in meme. It's just yeah, kind of embarrassing, but whatever. We have yeah. fun with it. Okay, well, if there's anything throughout this podcast that triggers it, feel free to come in there with a vine <laughs> quote or a meme reference. We're all game for it. We have this whiteboard in our change room and it's literally like it's mainly for like writing probably like inspiring thing and like team goals and I don't know like strategies but it's literally just covered in memes and like drawings and vines and everything like we bought markers specifically to draw memes in our locker room to get more color in them they're more realistic to the actual thing (laughs) yeah yeah well sometimes humor is the best strategy right oh yeah oh yeah that definitely helped us this year Okay. Okay. So you guys both compete in cross country and track, right? Yep. Yep. Cool. So how does training differ besides running longer, shorter differences uh, between the cross country season and the track season? For track, definitely like shorter intervals. Yeah. Like just more intense stuff. I think in cross we have like sometimes three workouts a week. Um, whereas track it's pretty much just two just because it is a little like more impact and track um, it does depend on your distance like if you are longer distance the transition isn't as drastic but if you are a shorter distance runner then there's yeah, quite a bit of change in your training georgia anything you want to add to that i'd say in cross we do like more similar to race intervals like we'll do sets of like 1k repeats or 2k repeats because a lot of the time like in our races it will be like a loop like a 2k loop or something in the race that we repeat like three or four times so we do a lot of training and cross that's actually pretty similar to a race setting but in lots of hill stuff lots of longer runs yeah whereas track it's definitely shorter and you can bring back your mileage a little bit during track and focus more on speed rather than endurance. So we heard from Sajan and Vaughn that Pillar and Brent put you guys through some pretty tough workouts. So what are the ways that you guys like to keep it light and fun during your workouts? Definitely helps. Like we all kind of were doing similar events at the beginning and we're all kind of around the same pacing. So we would just kind of switch up the leaders like with each rep that definitely helps. So we would all like carry each other at one point in the workout yeah, just kind of cheering, like getting encouragement from the guys and we would also cheer them on. That would definitely mm-hmm. help us through the workouts. Have either of you guys been known to cut corners during workouts? Like maybe sneak out and skip a cool down or something like that? 
<laughs> How about you tell us about that story that we're referencing? Oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, okay, so it was Bridget and I. We were a little bit further ahead in our training for cross country than the other girls because it was right at the beginning of the summer. And so we had to do, like, one extra rep at Cedar Hill Golf Course. And we had a team meeting um, right away after, as soon as we got back from practice. And so all the other girls had left, and Bridget and I were jogging back. And cool down is probably one of the worst parts of the workout because you just got those heavy legs and you just want to get back to the change room. And we always have our one cards on us because we have to get in and out of the change room with that. And that also uh, happens to have our bus pass on it. So <laughs> we're jogging up, um, approaching the Richmond and Poplar intersection. And that's right where the 14 goes. And I'm like, Hey Bridget, like I wonder if the 14's coming. And like, we look down the road. Sure enough, we see Uvic by Richmond approaching. So we like dash over to the stop and just grab our one cards out of our shorts and then swipe on and just kind of take the bus back. Only only had like a seven minute cool down instead of twenty minutes or something. Um, Was no one else around? Did anyone else see you do this? No, I think we were actually we passed the boys at some point, or they had run past us and then. I think we had beaten them back, but they didn't even clue into that. <laughs> so how much heat did you get so, from your teammates from doing this? Oh, they just thought it was funny. I like <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we've always thought about it. Like, people say it every time we're, oh, yeah. we're running home from Cedar Hill. We're like, damn, we could take the bus so easily right now. But mm-hmm. no one ever had the guts to do it until Chloe yeah. and Bridget. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. Pretty legendary, actually. That's funny. I love that. Yeah. yeah. We just get- had Daniel Hannes on the pod from swimming, and we had a lengthy chat about uh, warm downs in the pool and how much of a pain. I don't think any athlete likes a warm down or a cool down. Liam and I both would not be a fan of that, but I fully endorse, you know, the odd hop on a bus. Or It reminds me of that scene in The Office where they're doing the run for rabies and a bunch of them <laughs> hop in a taxi cab and head to the a patio for a couple of beers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was a funny episode too. That's a good episode. Um, so do you guys have a preference or favorite between track or cross country? They're both so different. I would say I like track. Um, I'm more of a shorter distance runner in nature. So, but I do really like the team aspect of cross country. I don't know. I just like ripping around the track. It's pretty fun. Okay. Georgia, how about yourself? Um, I would say 100% cross. I definitely like ripping up the cross course more. I like the more rugged environment, like going up the hills, getting muddy, getting dirty. And yeah, it's just super fun. And like you're just in this huge group of people and it just feels like it's like a battle out there sometimes. And like you have like the grueling weather. Um, We're almost always racing in like Kingston, Ontario. Like for some reason we always go back there and it's always snowing or it's like 50 kilometer winds and all this stuff, but it doesn't sound too pleasant, but it's honestly super fun. I do prefer, like I do like track as well, but I'm more of a steeple chaser and there's no steeple chase in indoor track. So I kind of have to wait for that every year. Mm -hmm. It's kind of unique. There's yeah. no other team that kind of gets the opportunity to compete in two sports, really. Mm-hmm. So I can I can see that there's a lot of like mental preparation with that uh, as well that probably comes into play. Uh, just going back to what you said, Georgia, you mentioned that you enjoyed cross country because all of the different elements. I remember at the bikes race that they hosted last September, last fall, 
I remember Andy Wood came out of the race and she was just like her one leg was completely covered in mud. I guess she like slipped in a giant mud puddle, I guess. How often does that happen in cross country? You almost always see people wipe out at a race, not necessarily really? us, but like you definitely see someone wipe out or you like jump over someone or someone slides and hits you. But it just depends on the conditions. Like if it rained the night before or something, that's just like an absolute slideshow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's um, the Kingston course. As soon as it gets wet, like it's just a muddy disaster. And there's one, like if you say to any runner, like, the hairpin turn at Fort Henry. They know exactly what you're talking about. Every meet, there'll be a picture of someone falling, like wiping out there. Um, we have a picture of one of our guys, Alex Nauthi. He, oh yeah, I think it was posted on like Athletics Canada or something. Like him, just like belly flopped in the mud <laughs> right around at that oh, hairpin no. turn. <laughs> but oh, that's funny. yeah. Yeah, speed definitely doesn't matter at that course. It's literally just get around the corner safely. Like you're not, yeah. even, you can't even go fast. Some people are like almost walking, holding on to the side railings and everything. Yeah, it's that tight. Hey, wow. Oh yeah. I didn't realize that's an aspect of cross country. I've never ran. I'm not a long distance runner. I, that's an aspect to the sport. I really had no idea until just now. I didn't realize there was that much carnage in the sport with all the other racers. Yeah, it can oh, be pretty yeah. messy for sure. Yeah, that and like. The start too can. There's always some wipeouts there too. <laughs> yeah, and then you oh, gotta yeah. watch out for the. You gotta watch out for the spikes as well, because in cross yeah. we're wearing like crazy long spikes, and if you get stepped on, you're like your legs are getting ripped up. Oh, mm. yeah, that would be that would be an issue for sure. Chloe, you said track was your favorite. You still run a little bit longer distances with track, primarily in the one thousand. But is it true that I? Because you you said you mentioned that you weren't a huge fan of running long distances, but is it true that you hate running long distances? Definitely not. No, I I like running long distance, especially like this time of year is actually really fun, like building up mileage because I get to do some nice long runs and like get far out on trails. Yeah, I go to places that you can't really travel on just walking. So mm-hmm. yeah, I've had some really sweet runs in Victoria, going to the beach. Things like that. So I do like long running. Just in competition, because you said on this very episode of the podcast that you said long distance running wasn't your favorite. Why not just switch it up and why not run a shorter distance then? Wow, you're really putting her in the hot seat here, Tyler. I'm just just trying to get this story straight here. That's all I'm doing. Uh, I guess I'm like, I don't have super quick speed. So I'm kind of in that like awkward in between. I have to like do the, yeah, middle distance. So bit of a combination of both fair enough yeah well i guess because on track you run the 800 and the thousand right yeah and yeah so those are more the middle middle distances there i guess on the track course yeah Mm -hmm. hey i'm not a long distance runner either there's nothing wrong with that but (laughs) let's uh let's shift a little let's talk racing gear what kind of style do you two like to bring to the course and the track I'd say an essential for our team has been the gold tights in the last yes. year. Even though mm-hmm. our coach Brent absolutely hates them, but mm-hmm. uh, and people have thought that we are naked on the course before um, from a distance. It looks <laughs> yeah. like we are naked, but yeah, those are definitely fun. But oh, they were a steal. We um, yeah, we were waiting to catch a ferry and we went to Twasson Mills, found them at the Nike outlet. Like 
I think they're over a hundred bucks, but we got them for under 20. I think you know why when you see them, why they're that discounted, but <laughs> pretty sweet. How the many, scheme too. Yeah. How many uh, bikes wear the gold tights? I think we got the whole girls team to do it. So there were, I think six or seven pairs. And why is Brent so against them? I don't know. He just seems he just seems disappointed when we wear them. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, he's embarrassed to be seen with us. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. We heard that the two of you like to give the gears to Brent whenever possible. Why do you guys keep picking on the guy? <laughs> I don't know. Is that true? Kind of in a way. <laughs> Last year in Kingston, we like specifically went in his car for like our three-hour drive just to bug him. Because it was just boys in the van, but we're like, now nah, we're going to go in the van and just stir it up a little bit. But <laughs> I kind of like that mentality with your coaches. It gets you a little bit close to them, too, and pushing their Definitely, buttons yeah. is fun because they're oh, always yeah. trying to push you to be better. So you got to push them yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Georgia, we also heard that you like to wear some random color schemes when you race, too. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I feel like some of my teammates are very like, they like to color coordinate. Like Chloe likes to match (laughs) everything that she's wearing, literally to socks, to sports bra, to top, to shorts. And same with one of my teammates, Katie, everything is like matchy or like the same color and just very coordinated. But I've just always been like, I'm going to wear whatever, whatever color I want to wear. Yeah, so I, everyone's always like, wow, you're not very matchy at all. But I'm like, whatever, I'm having fun with it. I don't care if my socks are rainbow and my shirt is not, but whatever. Yeah, I have Makes fun with it. Makes some, for uh, some good photos with the photographers too. Oh, definitely, yeah. Chloe, well, I appreciate the matching of the sock game to your racing singlet. We've had oh, some sock you. talk on the podcast before. Do you have a favorite color of sock that you like to wear or does it just have to match whatever else is going on with your outfit? Yeah, probably typically just matching the outfit. So I think I probably have a pair of crew socks in just about every color now. Working at a running store definitely helps with that. (laughs) I love stance socks. Those are definitely, they have really fun ones. So So what if Tyler and I were able to get some custom Go Vikes Go podcast socks with both of our faces on there? Would you guys (laughs) wear them in a race for us when sports resumes? Oh, yeah. One face on the right foot, the other face on the left foot. Okay, I started the left foot. I'm a left foot. (laughs) Should have it like facing the back so everyone running behind us will just be staring at them. Yeah, we should even put find us on Spotify or find us on Apple Podcasts (laughs) just trying to get a a couple extra listens here. Yeah. (laughs) So, would you say those those Kingston races are some of the worst conditions you guys have raced in, or are there any worse ones? I'd say those are definitely some of the worst. Um, yeah, we've had like 50 kilometer wins and then like gusts that are like up to 70 kilometers. Like you turn a corner and you just like hit a wall. Yeah, they're definitely, they make you tougher though. They make the other races seem a bit easier because it's just like the ground is never the condition you want it to be. And there's always, it's the biggest race of the year. So there's the most girls you're ever running against. Like you just got to be prepared to be pushed around basically by the weather and by the other girls. Makes those sunny races in Victoria seem pretty easy. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> there was the photos from the Canada West meet this year. It was like a blizzard, and people were wearing, like, earmuffs and gloves. It looked freezing. Oh, yeah, that was bad as well. Yeah. It literally – it wasn't snowing, and it was sunny the day before. Like, we were running in shorts the day before, like, 
totally hot. And I think it was something like 20 degrees. And then the next day, all of a sudden, just above zero. And it's like there's a full-on snowstorm during our race. Oh, it's awful. Calgary weather. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Georgia, we heard you're one of the grittier competitors on the bikes across all sports. So where does that attitude (laughs) come from? And what are some of the most difficult things you've had to push through in order to compete in a race? Oh, man. I feel like the grittiness comes from playing soccer growing up. I just have more of that, like, competitiveness to me, I guess. But I like going through all the conditions like that. Like, it just makes me feel tougher being able to, like, push through any kind of condition and, like, any kind of pain or or something like that. But, yeah, I just want everyone to be as gritty as possible. But I think it definitely comes from playing soccer, having that drive. Like, you have to beat other people out to get to the top kind of thing. But yeah, I definitely, I don't know. I just, I like being tough out there. Kind of like that kind of stuff is just like, it's, it's exhilarating to be able to push through something that hard and be able to push my teammates to do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I can't really think of like a specific experience that made me that way, but I don't know, just like growing up with a brother too, I feel like that makes you even more tougher sometimes just, and being the youngest child, like being pushed around a little bit, it just definitely makes you a tougher person, but totally. yeah. Is it true that you pushed through some food poisoning this year, right before cross country nationals? <laughs> that is true. Yes. I got food poisoning in the airport and was like dying a couple of days before my race. But I was like, you know what? I have to get out there. Cause if I don't race and like, cause you have to have five people to score. And there was, there would have been only six of us if I didn't race. And I was like, you know what? I, I could be that fifth girl. So I got to get out there. But yeah. I felt like absolute crap the whole time, but I was just like, you know what? Got to get it done. <laughs> if I, if, if I throw up, I throw up, whatever, it'll probably make me feel better. So yeah, I just had to push through it and yeah, I just had a nice long recovery after that one for sure. What was Which, it in the airport? I yeah, want to know now. I was going to say, what airport was it and what food do you think you ate? I think it was in, was it the Toronto airport or something, Chloe? It was in Ontario. No, it was, hey, no, it's not Ontario. (laughs) It was um, Vancouver. It was? Yeah, it was like the noodle place, wasn't it? Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Sorry, I I ate it when we were in Ontario. That's the problem. I I got food in Vancouver and wasn't really hungry yet, and then I saved it until we got to our last flight, which was going to Kingston. We were somewhere in Ontario, and yeah, it just, yeah, big regrets, honestly. I have big regrets, but that's okay. At least you didn't pick up one of the packaged like tuna sandwiches that have been in there all day. Like those are a recipe for instant food poisoning. Yeah, it was a some sort of like stir fry place from like the noodle. I don't know even know what the place is called, but now every time I see it, I'm like, there's no way I'm eating there. But <laughs> I mean, it was probably my fault, but whatever. Jim just mentioned the tuna sandwich or whatever. I'm new to Victoria last year, and I have no problem admitting I was the sucker that tried like the salmon sandwich from the Victoria airport on my way back to Kamloops one weekend. And it was an instant mistake. As soon as I bit into it, I realized this thing is awful. I got it because it was a salmon. I, I enjoy eating salmon. I'm like, oh, you know, it's probably going to taste good. It was awful. And it did not end well either. I'll just tell you that much. Nobody <laughs> likes that guy also that opens up a salmon or a tuna sandwich on a plane. 
Like everybody, I'm never going to do it like, again. <laughs> like, are you kidding me right now? Like, you're going to do that? I was in the gate. I wasn't on the plane, but it was uh, one of the worst eating experiences of my life. Yeah. Oh, there's not that yeah, food poisoning is awful. It's so gross. Yes. Let's, let's stop talking about it. <laughs> um, okay. Wait, so last, way to power through though. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Georgia, last question for you about steeplechase. How are you able to train for that if there's no facilities in Victoria to do so? So we do have like a steeple pit at the track and we have like hurdles and stuff that I can practice on. In past years, I would just kind of do it on my own, like after runs would just go do some drills, like some hurdle drills and that kind of stuff. And, or Hillary would come watch me practice. But this past year, we actually had one of the Canadian Olympians, Genevieve Lalonde, who's a steeplechaser. She started training under Hillary. So she was around and she helped us do some steeple drills and she was planning on helping us do some through the summer, but with all the COVID stuff, things got canceled. Um, yeah, it just kind of always been on my own, but even in high school too, just kind of did it on my own. But yeah, it's just always been my favorite event. So I just, I'm totally fine with practicing by myself because I want to do it regardless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Basically just little things like here and there after runs, after practice, I'll just go do drills by myself. Yeah, that's about it. Cool. Liam kind of glossed over. You're not just a steeplechase runner. Aren't you a former national champion at the steeplechase? <laughs> not with the bikes, uh, but with a different club team? Yeah, in 20... Was that 2018? Uh, 2018, yeah, I believe, summer. I was on okay. the BC team. And yeah, I took the national championship in uh, the steeplechase. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, what, what is a steeple? Is a steeple the big thing that you're jumping over? Yeah, it's like a big barrier. It's basically okay. like long distance hurdles, but um, they're not like skinny hurdles. They're like thick barriers that like could really take you out. But yeah, you can step on them or you can hurdle them. And then there's one steeple per lap that jumps into a water pit. Yeah. Um, so it kind of it's kind of similar to like a horse jump, like that kind of. Mm -hmm. I think that's where it honestly derives from. But, but yeah, they're basically just long distance hurdles, and they don't fall if you hit them. That's for sure. Well, Chloe, we heard you're tough too, but in a different way. I've had teammates of yours tell me that you're able to throw it into an extra gear during the last kilometer of a race and roast the competition when they might be fading. What do you do or what do you say to yourself that allows you to empty the tank at such a high level? <laughs> yeah, it's honestly the coaches because I, I like, I come from a short distance background. They like, when they say 800 to go, I'm like, this is my event. One day to go. Like nobody can pass me in these last, in this last kilometer. So yeah, I get, I get pretty defensive about that, that last <laughs> little distance. And just when you say defensive, are you throwing elbows then? No, no. I just, if someone tries to challenge me, I just take it up another gear and <laughs> somehow. <laughs> yeah. Chloe, help me out here. I just have a general idea of what I, I know, you know, the race I'm thinking of here, but there was a race in 2017. I think it was either at cross country nationals or the Canada West meet where you passed like 50 people in the last kilometer to earn a second, <laughs> second team all-star recognition. Walk me through that race and help me out here. Yeah, that was when we hosted nationals. So I guess that'd be my second year. Yeah, and it was U Sports Championship. So I was, I don't know where I was in the pack, I guess. Yeah, further back. And then yeah, all of a sudden our last like one kilometer, we were 
in the runnings for the model for like the podium and yeah, my coach mentioned that and I guess that just clicked. <laughs> yeah, I think I've passed like at least 20 people in the last kilometer. I think I had like the fastest split had I been running like with the front runner. I would have like <laughs> run the same pace as them. I was just like a few. Oh my back. God. Yeah, it was, it was insane. But definitely like having so many local people cheering us on definitely helped. And just being able to like run around Beacon Hill Park and recognize so many faces, you knew you just couldn't let those people down. So. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you were on roller skates or something. Yeah. Yeah, the, the finishing pictures, you could tell I was really giving it. My, my pain face was, was pretty bad. <laughs> Might have to look one of those up for the Instagram image for this podcast. That'd be oh, really God. <laughs> no, running photos are the worst. Oh, my gosh. There's not a lot of sports that are too flattering for action shots, but true, true. try our best here. So cross country, it's this great sport where it's a team sport, but it's also an individual sport. But I believe one of the strategies with the Vikes is that you guys try and run in like pairs or threes. And we heard that uh, there's been some very memorable races where you two have been paired together and you're able to, or maybe Chloe, it was you and Andy would, if I'm hearing correctly on that. Uh, Do you have a memorable race with Andy that you guys kind of teamed up and slingshot past a bunch of runners in the, in the track? Yeah, it was one of the, when we used to run in Salem, Oregon, we did that meet and yeah, pretty much we were stride for stride the whole race um, until again, when I released the jets at the end, but she gave me permission, but there were pictures of us and like, I think people got like three pictures of us and each one, like it was like a mirror image, like our strides were the same length. We were in the same position in the race and we as we were running like it was almost like this telepathy like we knew like okay we're gonna surge past this person and then we'd chill for a bit and then like okay it's time to pass this group of people and we kind of like move on e- either side of them just like kind of close this gate of bikes in front of the other teams yeah it's pretty sweet you guys have a code word for when you're gonna do that are you saying like rip it or like shake and bake or like what are you doing Ricky Bobby. I don't know. You just kind of know. I don't know. It's weird. Sometimes you do just like a little hand gesture, but I don't know. Sometimes, yeah, weird. I don't know how we do it, but. So, Chloe, uh, we know that you have two Canada West second team all-star honors. You mentioned the Nationals, that fantastic race in Victoria. You also won the Canada West gold in the 1,000 meter for track this year. Which achievement is most memorable to you? That's tough. Yeah, either... Definitely for cross country, it was the one we got, like when I got second team, and then we won Can West on home soil. That was super fun. And yeah, it was just great to be, to have so many people supporting me. And that was just, yeah, I feel like team achievements just feel really good because everyone's just super happy. But that Can West gold in the 1K this year was definitely pretty awesome because I did, I had a stress fracture last year, so I didn't get to have a track season. And that is more of my main season. So it was, yeah, pretty nice to come back from that with a gold. Georgia, can you confirm or deny if people were crying once they saw Chloe win the 1,000 meter? I will confirm that I teared up. Uh, (laughs) Like at the line, we were just all so excited and happy for her. Like it was such an overwhelming feeling. Yeah, there were definitely some tears on the girl's side. We were just so happy for her. 
felt like a proud mom, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So with Andy Wood and Kaylin Vale moving on from the women's program after this past year, you two will be two of the older runners on the team. What are you looking forward to about being the elder statesman on the Vikes women's cross country and track team? And what do we, what can we expect out of your leadership next year? I think it's going to be hard to pass on vines to the next generation. <laughs> yeah. Like, exactly. They even live through. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll definitely have right. to teach them that, you know, the old folks listen to now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Are you looking forward to being some of the older runners on the team? Yeah, definitely. I think that would be super cool. It's going to be, it's so weird to think about though. Cause it's just like Andy was always someone that was like, someone I looked up to and she was an older teammate and just like kind of like a mom to all of us in a way like just looking out for all of us and it's going to be so weird to not have her around and it's going to be weird to think that Chloe and I are going to be like the moms of the team now. <laughs> I feel like we're just not mature enough for that quite yet, but <laughs> yeah definitely it will be super cool to be able to help out the first years and just be a mentor to them and just use our experiences to their advantage and all that stuff but yeah, I think it's going to be sweet to have some new girls and, you know, take them under our wing and help them out. And pass down the gold tights. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to talk about something different here. So I'm assuming you guys both have Strava, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, so for the listeners that don't know what that is, it's an app for tracking activity, whether it's running, cycling, a bunch of other stuff. So I think you can track like paddle boarding on there now. So is there a bit of a rivalry on Strava amongst the team? <laughs> I know like for sure between Andy and I, because we live together and we like do similar runs. Yeah. I have stolen a few of her QOMs and she wasn't too pleased about that. And like one of them was only by two seconds and it wasn't, wasn't planned, which she doesn't believe, but <laughs> she definitely salty about that. Yeah. She always says she's going to steal mine, but. So who's most active on the team on Strava? How do the girls, I'd probably be guilty of that. Yeah. I, there was one point in the summer, like I was using it more than I was checking Instagram. Like it's just kind of my go-to app. <laughs> it's not even that I follow that many people. I've just like seeing what other people are up to. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a lot of competition on getting the most trophies or like running the most kilometers or uh, if you guys are all doing different lengths and stuff, does that factor in? Well, we did have like at the uh, start of quarantine, we were kind of like having fun with Strava and trying to make like designs with our runs because you can like kind of spell things out on Strava and never can see it or you can make weird shapes. So I know Bridget was like, she made one that looked like a rat or something or I don't know. <laughs> she had a, a bunny on or Easter. Bunny. It was really impressive. Yeah. yeah. And then Andy, Andy wrote dimwits with her run because <laughs> our, our, our one coach, yeah, I used to call the boys the dimwits, but Wow, that's impressive. Wow. That's so funny, actually. Yeah, so we were just trying to make funny shapes at one point. And yeah. yeah. I wanted to, but I just don't think I'm ge- geographically stable. <laughs> I would get lost or do something inappropriate accidentally. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty new onto Strava, so can you guys give me some tips on how to name your runs? Because I feel Ooh, like I've seen some people yeah. with some pretty crafty names. But is there like a formula that uh, gets the most, what is it called, kudos? Yeah, kudos. Okay, so what's your, what's your strategy when you name your runs? Just I, I like to you. Sorry, go ahead, Chloe. Oh, sometimes it just kind of comes to you. Like if something happens on your run, something funny. Um, 
What were you going to say, Georgia? Uh, I try to like rhyme sometimes. Like if I ran, if I ran with someone, I try and rhyme with their name. Like I went for a stroll with Chol the other day because we, we call Chloe Chol. That's her nickname because everyone <laughs> spells her name wrong. But yeah, you try and say like stroll with Chol and then like people call me G-O-G sometimes. And then Chloe was like a jog with Gog, just stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or like if your legs were hurting, you can say like fried legs or like scrambled legs, stuff like that. <laughs> just, just something yeah. descriptive, trying to add like a funny word in there. I tried like, to do a reference to a movie on my last one. I did a 5K yesterday. So I did like Fast and Furious 5, but in brackets yeah, that's before, good. I said not so. Because it was an awful pace. It was so bad. My legs were just dying. But I, if I'm going back to like things that happened during my run, I think a lot of mine would be like almost tripped on a curb or like <laughs> very close to getting hit by a car or like dodged a shopping cart. It like I, I like that. I like that formula. I think I'm gonna roll yeah, I've, I've named things like that too. My run. I always think about the name like mid run. Like I'll literally yeah. like during my run, it will pass the time. I'll be thinking like, oh, what should I caption yeah. this on Strava? Helps so where, through. where are some of the favorite routes that you guys have run at Victoria or Strava routes or whatever? Mm-hmm. I really like the Galloping Goose. Um, oh, it yeah. reminds me of like the rail trail back at my home in Hamilton. And like once you get out near the Souk Inlet, it's super gorgeous views. So if you have a car, then it's really nice to get out there and run. Okay. And then sure. like obviously Beach Drive too. Just oh you know, yeah, that's good. There, the houses that I can never afford. They're just so gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. That like Cook Street Beacon Hill area is kind of like my neck of the woods. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty lucky to be able to run on that like massive stretch along Dallas Road too. That's a good oh, spot. Yeah. yeah. When you guys are doing these runs in Strava, other than the latest Give and Go Vikes podcast, what do you guys listen to? Is it podcast? Is it music? For me, it's just nothing. It's the sound of my steps. <laughs> 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 oh, no music at all. No. Wow. I only listen to music if I'm on the treadmill. Wow. I'm the same way. I don't bring anything with me on my runs. It's just me and nature. Wow. Well, I guess when you're racing yeah. across country, you can't have any headphones or anything, can you? No. It's also yeah. a kind of annoying to carry a phone with you or like some headphones. It's just better off to have nothing instead. We're usually with each other anyways. Like when we're all in Victoria, no one usually runs alone. So mm-hmm. there's enough chatter to like keep you busy during your run. Okay. That makes more sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you listen to give and go bikes, like when you're driving around in your car, or picking up groceries <laughs> or something then. Yeah. Doing chores or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Glad to hear it. That so was a stretch, Tyler. Time. Oh my God. What's that? <laughs> you really stretched for that. Hey. <laughs> yeah i'm proud of the podcast whatever as am i uh, so george and chloe we've had a great chat with you guys but we want to just wrap this up with a game we like to call the thunder we're both going to ask you 10 questions somewhat relating to running and some not and it's your job to tell us what comes to mind rather quickly even though this never goes quickly ever. Uh, How's that sound? Sure. Sounds good. I'm just going to change this to running on the treadmill because obviously you just told us that you don't listen to anything when you run outside. What are you listening to when you're on the treadmill? My top pump-up song for running, it's pretty hard. It's um, (laughs) Wild for the Night by 
ASAP oh. Rocky and oh, that's a good one. Where else is in it? Yeah, that is a good one. Yeah. Nice. So you're just bumping Skrillex when you're on the treadmill, then? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like totally different than what I like actually listen to. <laughs> I'm not running. Or doing it by yourself. My go-to song. I feel like, yeah, I, there's a song, New Level, by ASAP Ferg that I used to listen to all the time. Oh, on I the know, yeah. Like, the remix, like, yeah, that's, like, my classic on the treadmill. Get me fired up. Yeah. The famous Jose Batista walkout song, if any of you two are Blue Jays fans. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Is it really? Yeah, I didn't go. know he used to walk out to that. Oh, yeah, Joey Bats. Very good. Good tidbit there, Tyler. Yeah. Okay, question number two. Uh, what's a little thing you can do to prevent you from being sore the next day after a run? Because I am dying from this right now. Uh, you need to stretch and you need to roll. As much as it sucks, you need to roll, though. I've got a massage gun. I, I just got to put that to more use. It's just such a pain because it hurts so much. You got a massage gun? Yeah, I, I, it was a quarantine purchase. It was probably yeah, one of the better ones. That's pretty bougie. Those are so nice. Yeah, they wow. have a lot. So I've actually, I've got a friend that he has like a power drill and he somehow converted that into a massage gun by buying a massage ball. So Tyler, if you're looking oh. for a cheap alternative, <laughs> here you can make one. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, a, good, a good saying that I've heard before is motion is the best lotion. So if you're really sore, just get moving. Nice. Yeah. What I've been doing is the last two nights I've, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, but I went for runs and then I hopped on my bike and rode to a brewery and had a couple beers. So what's wrong with that? A lot of motion to get uh, some lotion, <laughs> I guess. I love it, Liam. Ride your bike, no drinking and driving. That's the safe way to do it. No, I'm you walk you. at home. Yeah. You got to earn the beers though by doing the run. Yeah. Yeah. And by Liam and I, we like to rip each on each other during this podcast quite frequently. Liam, nice work by you by getting out and running 5k. I'll never do that. Good job. Just throwing that out there. Nice. Work. Yeah. I know you'll never do that. That's maybe why I'm saying I'm doing it. <laughs> Oh, okay. Humble brag. I see how it is. Okay. So how many kilometers do you two, do each of you run in a month? In a month? Oh, man. I have to pull out my calculator. Yeah, this might take a little bit of math. Over, under 50 kilometers. Oh, way over, over in a month. Yeah. Over, under in a week. Yeah, no, that's in a like, week. Oh, my God. Well, we, we can get up to like 70K in a week, so... What? Uh, yeah, it just depends. <laughs> yeah, I would say, yeah, I run over 300K in a month. Like, I do about 80K a week. And then wow. I have one down week, which is 60 or 70K. Yeah. That's like, running, is your down that's week. like running Calgary to Edmonton. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's crazy to think. I'm usually a little bit less than Chloe, but probably, yeah, just under 300 maybe, about there. Yeah. Okay, so we'll... Blowing my mind. We got a question that's not related to uh, running at all. Tyler and I are big dessert fans. We've talked about donuts. Mm. We've talked about anything under the sun, but we haven't talked about cupcakes. So what are you guys' favorite cupcake flavors? Probably classic chocolate for me. Yeah, big chocolate lover. I would say chocolate, but honestly, I'm not a huge fan of cupcakes. So I would say I'd probably get something else for dessert. Really? What, what do you got against cupcakes? I don't know. I just, I'm not a huge cake fan. Like, I feel like I'd just go for an ice cream, you know? A dilly bar? Oh, yeah. Oh. A dilly bar. Yeah. Okay. Tyler, you're pretty, you had your back up there pretty quickly. What do you got against <laughs> cupcakes? 
I even enjoy a good cupcake. I'm curious, Chloe, how do you eat your cupcake? I take the bottom <laughs> half off and eat, just get it over with, and then the next bite's like essentially all icing. <laughs> I think usually like just bite into it. Um, sometimes I can just lick the icing off if I'm feeling like putting in more effort, but <laughs> just eat it like a small cake. I usually go for something that's like coffee flavored or uh, if I'm looking to mix it up, a nice red velvet cupcake. Mm, that's okay. You want to mix in? Tyler's not liking that. Tell already. Well, first of all, I've never, I've only had one cup of coffee in my life and I know Liam has like nine cups of coffee a day. So I, I'm Jeez. just, yeah, I, I, like I can, two, but okay. I've been in the car with you and we've gone off campus for an event and you stopped to pick up coffee on the way there. And then you stopped at another coffee brewery. Is that what they're called? Uh, on the way back. I don't know. A, a cafe, maybe? Yeah, yeah I think that's what he's trying to get. I think there, that's Georgia. what he's going for, yeah. Hey, I, like I said, I don't know coffee. I've had one cup in my life and I hated it. So I would not enjoy the coffee cupcake. That's fine. Teach your own. Are you going to vanilla cupcake then, Mr. Plain Guy? <laughs> vanilla is great. Uh, I'm, with, I'm with the girls here. I'm on the, I like chocolate, too. You getting like a water-flavored cupcake? <laughs> no, not water. <laughs> Just give me the standard flavors. I don't need anything crazy. Just the basic stuff, and I'm I'll be fine with that. Okay. All right. Yeah. At the beginning of quarantine, I did a lot of baking, and one of the nice. things I made quite a bit was like carrot cupcakes with cream cheese icing. Oh, that those is, that were great. really the, good. Yes, yeah. that is the top of my list too. Mm-hmm. You'll have to send that recipe over. Tyler's been on a Pinterest tear making some good <laughs> stuff recently. I'm not even kidding. The guy loves his Pinterest recipes. Oh, yeah. Follow me on Pinterest if you want fantastic recipes on there. I got tons of pins. Oh, yeah. I need some inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what is – you guys spend, obviously, an incredible amount, in my opinion, an insane amount of time just running. But what is your favorite non-running-related workout, if you even have time to work out outside of just running? I'd say Chloe and I both really love the weight room. But I know personally for me, I love going for bike rides. That's my like other go-to workout is going for a super long ride. Are you pushing like 100Ks here and there? Yeah. So you're doing like over 600K combined with running and biking. No, no, not not too much. Like not too much during the season, but definitely like in the summer, I try to do longer ones. But I haven't got to like 100K yet. Like I think the longest this summer I've done is like 60K or something, but... Yeah, I just like biking as well. It's definitely a good one. Yeah. Yeah, like Georgia said, I would probably, I do like the weight room. Yeah, like the lower body squats, deadlifts. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nice. And then I also, I like hiking. I mean, it's so nice on the West Coast that it's a great place to do some hikes. Yeah, a lot of options out here for sure. Mm -hmm. You guys could probably do the West Coast trail in like three days, it sounds like. (laughs) <laughs> yeah we'll just run it yeah people do that i've definitely heard people doing that because i think it's I'm what pretty sure 40K? One, i'm pretty sure one of our teammates actually did it in like one or two days once he just went all out super hard Good it was nice. mitch or something yeah <laughs> okay so i this is a huge pivot here but i heard a rumor the other day that there was a debate going on amongst i think it was guys on the cross country and track team about who could run a faster marathon and one day they just went out and did it did that actually happen yeah it did yep it's all over strava 
Yeah, it was a couple of weekends ago. They did it like on the goose. They finished, they started like near the highway, I think, and like finished by the potholes. And um, then, because that's not like a, that's a high elevation too. So you're going a lot uphill there too, right? Yeah, I think it's a decent amount of gain overall. Tyler, yeah, can you, not everyone finished. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Tyler, can you imagine the equivalent of us trying to do that? How long that would take? I wouldn't. I was going to save this for the outro, but there is in no lifetime of mine will I ever finish a marathon. You could put a billion dollars at the end of a marathon and say, just crawl across the finish line. And that's all you need to get this billion dollars. And that's a billion dollars I'm never going to get in my life. I cannot do that. I just, it's just not, I'm not built to do it. It's not happening. I think you could get there. I honestly think you could. Yeah, no. definitely. Mm-hmm. When I run on a treadmill, I hate it so much. I go as fast as I can and I get to like a mile and a half. And then I'm, I feel like I want to die. I just have to get off and I'm done because I, I just can't do it. I can tell you don't like running because whenever you say treadmill, you pronounce it treadmill, like cornmeal. Like, you just tell me you have no experience with a treadmill. That's my Calgarian accent coming out. That's how we say it in Calgary. <laughs> treadmill, okay. Tyler, I think you could do it long term. Like, just make a goal long term yeah. and you'll be able to do it. Like, if we said on this day next year, you will run a marathon, do you think you okay. would train and do it? Yeah, I'm, I'm very, like, if you give me a goal or, like, a really tough task, I'm the kind of guy that will, like, go out of his way to get it done. So if you say August 12th, oh, running a marathon in Kamloops in August, it will not be fun. Let's say next October or if I'm okay. in Victoria. I don't know where I'll be. I think I can, I think I can get there. Okay, so pencil it in October 2021, you're going to run a marathon. <laughs> Yeah, there's no time limit. Like yeah. I just got to cross the line, right? Yeah, you just got to finish mm-hmm. it. Okay. Except there's I'm not, not going to be a billion dollars at the end. I'm going to set a reminder on my phone. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> back to the one. questions here. Back to the question. So, what it's, are your guys? What's your guys' favorite hill to run in Victoria? Ooh, I feel like I can think of our least favorite hill, but <laughs> there's this hill at Cedar Hill that we call Big Bertha. <laughs> Yeah, we always have to do loops there, and it's just like this never-ending hill, and it's so steep. And you've already ran, like, you've already been running for, like, 10-plus minutes, and then you have to go up this hill. But favorite hill, Chloe? I can't think of a favorite hill. I actually discovered one on one of my runs this summer. It's called The Rise, is the street name, and it goes up to the Smith Hill Reservoir. Okay. I just like the name of the street. It's like kind of intense. The, the street rise. is called The Rise? The Rise, not The Rise Street, just The Rise. Wow, that's really cool, actually. Yeah, and so and then it's like the reservoir is pretty cool up top. You just kind of get to run around it on a little gravel path. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Is that Big Bertha Hill at Cedar Hill, is that the one when you're like at the rec center going up to the chip trail, essentially? Uh, yeah, like you go past the rec center and then you're – it's kind of like a slow build hill. It's not like that pretty like straight one past the rec center. It's like around like pat, like the other direction, I guess. Okay. Yeah. And it's closer yeah. to Finlayson than, um, than yeah. Seattle. Oh, okay. Okay. It's just like okay. a slow build. Like you just know it's coming for like minutes. Like you just <laughs> yeah. know you're like, you just started and you're like, it's not even close to being over yet. Yeah. I, I mean, know. it's good. It's good for you, but it's good for you, but like not in the moment kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what are your takes on speed walking? 
or race walking, I think is a race good walking, way to yes. yeah, call race walking. Hmm. Olympic event, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I respect it. It's, it looks funny, but and it's definitely hard to do. But I yeah, think I like, respect. Yeah, some of the Olympians, like I think they can walk faster than I can run some paces. <laughs> So. Feel like yeah, it's, it's impressive. impressive. It's Olympian impressive, race yeah. walkers must be prone to like hip problems as well, though. The way that their hips are just like moving back and forth. Oh yeah, probably. Oh yeah, lots yeah. of hip and knee injuries. Their knees just don't look right when they're doing it. Like it just yeah. looks, it looks so painful. But kudos mm-hmm. to them for doing that. Yeah. Honestly, it's like fifty k or something for some of the events. Oh. So yeah, long. it's literally yeah. insane. Do you guys yeah. ever do a little race walk to cool down? <laughs> i've tried it every now and then <laughs> i think it's more tiring than running for me so i'll just stick with jogging yeah so whether you guys have the skill or or not what is another varsity sport that you could see yourself competing in or that you would like to try competing in i'd probably go with soccer because like georgia that was kind of what i grew up playing and uh yeah nothing with the hands don't have that hand-eye coordination <laughs> you know kind of why i run <laughs> so yeah soccer i could i could do soccer hey, at least you own it <laughs> yeah i feel like yeah i would do soccer as well probably mm-hmm. um that was a big part of my life growing up but honestly i've always kind of wanted to try rowing as well but i think i would end up being like a coxie or something because i'm not big enough to be a rower <laughs> you never know you get on the right training program Uh, this one would happen to me all the time because i'm terrible with directions uh have either one of you gotten lost while you go out on these strava runs or any run yes i definitely have (laughs) (laughs) there have been a few runs that i like map out before i go i'm like oh this looks awesome like i'm gonna go through all these cool trails or go these neat roads and a lot of them fail and I have to just turn around and go the way back that I know and end up running longer than I should. I feel like I don't really get lost but sometimes I just will do a run of like right turns or something like I'll just keep turning just to like see where it's going to take me but it's kind of fun that way honestly. Keep doing right turns so you end up just doing a bunch of circles. Or, yeah, you can just, you can be like, oh, I'm going to go right here. I'm going to go left here. I'll just keep going right. And you just, you know, you make your own little route. Yeah. Um, Okay, so last question out of the 10 questions. How do you know when to buy new running shoes? (laughs) I should know this because I work at a running shoe store. Um, (laughs) I don't, you can just sometimes just feel, just it feels like you're kind of hitting the ground a little harder than usual. I find if you just try on a new pair of shoes and you feel like a significant difference, then that's definitely a sign that your shoes are toast. And there's also like the bend test. Like if your shoes bend more pretty easily and they're not supposed to, then you should chuck them. Okay. And the crinkling of the uh, foam. Yeah. (laughs) Another thing. Thank you for the tips. I will probably be buying some new shoes. The bend test. I had no idea about that. Yeah. I could probably roll my shoes up into a ball. So yeah, I should probably go. This <laughs> time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely in the market for some new shoes too. Mine have uh, rips on the side. So I think that's another tell <laughs> yeah. that you need some new sneaks. We usually try and get new runners like every season, basically. Like a new pair for cross and then usually like a new pair of flats for track and then 
another new pair. Like basically every year you should be getting new shoes. I'm not going to yeah, tell well, you how long I've had mine. Especially if you're, you're logging the distances you guys are running. Like that's, in, you, I would think you would need more, new shoes more often, but that's good to know. Uh, anyways, uh, like I mentioned, Chloe and Georgia, we had an absolute blast chatting with you both. To end this episode, how about you tell us what you're going to be up to this coming year? I guess cross country and track is one of the COVID easier sports to train for, right? Yeah, like we're still, we just started meeting in small groups for practices. Yeah, unfortunately, there's no U sports or Can West season for cross country, but we're hoping that maybe we can go to the mainland and kind of just compete against UBC and SFU and some of the local schools. And track is still up in the air, but yeah, it's nice that we're outside all the time, so it's not too risky. Georgia, what about yourself? Have you started training on your own to get ready for this season? Yeah, I've just been at home, like I'm on the mainland right now, just been running a little bit, but nothing too crazy right now, but I'll be heading back to Vic this weekend and then things will start revving up a little bit more be doing a little bit more training but yeah i feel like it's going to be interesting to just have all this training but not have a lot of races to go to or like that kind of environment but i think our coaches are really good at getting us like in the race mentality so we'll probably end up doing like lots of time trials and that kind of stuff to get us like keep us motivated during this long period of waiting for competition but yeah it should be fun to be back mm-hmm. with the girls i definitely miss training with the girls and yeah i'm excited to come back yeah hopefully get some answers on our track season sooner than later mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. amazing well thanks again for joining us on the podcast I, again we had a great time be well and take care thank yeah, you thanks for having us thank you guys yeah, thanks for having us There we have it. Great conversation with Chloe and Georgia. Liam, have you ever taken a bus to skip a workout? I have not. I've probably used the old, the bus was late excuse for some other things, but never have I uh, taken a bus to get out of a workout. Pretty, pretty ambitious, but I'm happy it paid off for them. I don't think it's something they want to be doing twice a year or like more than once in their time with the bikes. But if there's some salty vets out there that pull that move off and they jump, they see that window and they jump on that opportunity, I'm okay with it just that one time. I think that's a great story. And I, you know what? I'm pretty sure Hillary and Brent even got a kick out of that too. Yeah, I would have got a kick out of that. That would be hilarious if I was the coach to see the athletes doing that. That's ingenuity right there. Absolutely. That's making the most out of your opportunity, but great life hack. Liam, do you have any great life hacks that I'm proud of? Well, not very many people know how to do this, but I can open a wine bottle with a shoe. It's come in handy, both in Europe. So you mean like the, the kind you need like the corkscrew for, right? Yeah, not a twist off. I mean like right. a full on corked wine bottle. Imagine wow. me trying to open a twist off with a, with a shoe. How do you do it? I don't know how you do it. So you put the bottom, well, I think we should get a sponsor from a wine company before I share this, but I'll share it anyways. I'm in. So you put the base of the bottle into where you would slip your foot in the shoe, and then you hit the bottom of the shoe against something hard, whether it's like a log, great for a beach. If you're by a building that's especially sturdy and concrete, you can hit it up against a wall. Most are. Uh, it's come in handy. Come in handy everywhere. Do you have a life hack? I don't. Have you, what's your success rate? Like, do you break any of these bottles of wine? Never broken a bottle. Unbelievable. I've probably done this between five and 10 times. That's fantastic. I might have to try that out. 
Be careful though, if you're doing it with red wine, red wine uh, stains pretty bad. So it's, it's better to do it with white wine. Good to know. Good to know. We spoke a lot about the running app Strava on this podcast. Apparently you've been doing some running you got some cool names for your tracks or your trails. I have been doing some running. First thing I want to mention is Georgia and Chloe talked about how often you should change your shoes. I think they said every season or every six months yep. or something along those lines. Uh, when I started running, I was using shoes that I had for four years, well, mm-hmm. maybe six, between four yeah. and six years. Uh, so I decided to invest in some nice shoes. And uh, yeah, I've been ripping 5Ks in my neighborhood. So I'm going to list oh off some goodness. of the names. Yeah, you ready Good for this? for you. In brackets, I have not so. And then fast five. A reference yeah. to uh, Fast and Furious. Um, I called one uh, one of my runs Juice Box because I decided to run in the shape of a juice box with a straw. It actually worked out quite well. Here, I'll show you it. That's like really good. That looks like a juice box. Juice that box. Looks exactly like a juice box. Wow. Que calor, which means like how hot in Spanish. It's also a great song with Diplo. Was it hot that day? Yes. The worst one, though, I named this run A Bee Stung My Tongue. Because in the, no lap, the last point one of the uh, 5K, a bee flew in my mouth and stung my tongue. Oh, my goodness. That's, that's disgusting. Yeah, so I can definitely give credit to uh, what the girls were saying about you kind of come up with the run name as you're doing it because I would not have named that run the bee stung my tongue if that hadn't happened. <laughs> Tyler, wow. we challenged you to a marathon, and I want to yes. know uh, – what your previous running experience is, as well as the likelihood that this is going to happen. My previous running experience is about 90 feet at a time, baseball player, really not built for the long distance. However, I did, I guess you could say, I guess you could say I did start doing some training. Uh, I have these two beauty friends of mine. One's a former Vike, transferred to TRU, so kind of a Vike. Him and his buddy, they both decided to run a marathon in Vernon from Silver Star Mountain down into town by one of the lakes um, or end of end of August. So I went out there to hang out with them and kind of celebrate this run. It was a housewarming thing too. And then they had one and they both did it. They had to walk the last four kilometers, but I still think that's a completed marathon. One of their buddies, he as a punishment for losing fantasy football, he had to do the beer mile which is where you drink a beer, run 400 meters, drink a beer until you drink four beers and run one mile. And so because I'm such a nice friend, I, I helped him out and I ran the beer mile with him. So that's the extent of my running training (laughs) for this marathon that I will, I promise you, I will never do because I I thought you were going to say, I promise you, you will do. No, no. The more I think about it, the more I just don't want to run for two and a half hours just to train for this thing. It's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't have that. My Chloe Hewitt gear in my head that I have, it just can't take me 42 kilometers far. Sorry. I feel that. I feel like when I run a 5K by the end of it, I'm like, yeah, I'm done with this. Like I could push it more, but then it just starts to get painful and I just start to feel sick. And, and I'm I in think, good shape. Like I'm not, I'm yeah. not out of shape. I try to keep a good pace. And as soon as I hit that 5k, I know that my pace is just going to fall off the map. And 5k is a good, good little chunk for all of us non-cross country superstars. I mean, if you put in 5k, that's a good workout. I think you should be proud of that. This is a bad question, but how long is a cross country race? They're the same standard distance, right? There's two stand. Well, there's like two kind of three. And I'm going to get absolutely roasted here. If I don't know this, there's 
the 6K, the 8K, and the 10K. I believe at U Sports, it was it was either the 6 and the 10 or the 8 and the 10, but I believe those are the three distances. And feel free to light me up on Instagram <laughs> if I got that wrong. If you do get lit up, you're going to have to send me it. Yeah, sure. I don't care. Oh, man. I hope so. Well, uh, anything else you want to mention about the podcast before we close off here? No, I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm proud of that episode. I thought that was great. It was awesome having those two on and sharing uh, some light on the cross-country world. So, Yes. Tyler, I ask you this every time, and it's kind of become a redundant question. But you know what I'm going to ask? What can listeners do to help us out if they like the podcast? I thought you were going to ask me what kind of sandwich I was having for lunch. That's but yeah, pretty redundant as well. If you guys are enjoying our episodes, we're over. Are we over 20? This is, has to be at least our 20th by now. Hey, that's we are going to be at 20. Quite. This is our 20th, actually, I think. Maybe uh, 21st. I can't remember. And these podcasts are going great, too. Like There are some good listens. I go back and I even listen to them. And I can't stand the sound of my own voice. But we, some of the episodes and some of the guests we've had are just so great. I will put up with it just to go back and listen. So while I'm going back, I'm wishing that more people are subscribing and giving us five-star reviews and leaving us killer ratings. Hey, all we can do is keep cranking out great content. And I think we're really doing that. So that's fantastic. We're a creative factory over here. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and also more nominations for some athletes. We haven't had any online in a while. We normally get them from the guests we have, but we had Travis Garanza on a podcast because I got yelled at on Instagram for like three months. So, so far, all of the recommendations we've had have been absolute studs. They've been so yep. good. So let's keep that coming. All right, we're signing off here. We uh, hope you listen to next week's episode. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Give and Go Vikes podcast, supported by the UVic Alumni Association.